Yeah, but you know what? I loved it. Listen, no one loves, loves the bang on Hennessy more than me. It, but that ball, uh, that was a good thing to say. No, it's uh, perfectly normal and fine. Continue with your thought. Alright, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Brian Chesko. Brian, we missed something there. There was a pause to honor Scott Weeby, who is not here. He's not I here. I almost said not with us, but I don't want to He's always with sus- us in spirit. I don't want to leave any suspicion there. No, sure. He's always with us in spirit, yep. but he is just not with us today. Tell the folks at home where Scott is. Scott is at home resting of sorts. He started on, on an awesome journey that he had been prepping for for months. Bicycling, Tour de Francing his way okay. on the Blue Ridge Parkway, which is along a mountain chain here in the, United, in the eastern part of the United States. Yeah, beautiful place. It is, absolutely. So he and his uncle had a week planned where they were going to be riding it. And two days in, inclement weather sort of derailed the trip. Yeah. And so uh, Scott is is not with us tonight because of that. It stinks, right? So Yeah, it totally stinks. When you're preparing and doing something for months, and then it's, it's game time, and then something is completely beyond your control, mm. you know, through, derails it, that's tough. So Scott, we, uh, we hope you are... Scott, we want, we, you need to take your time and get make this break be the best break that you can make it be. We, we want you coming back as fresh as possible. That's right. This, this podcast will not be the same without you. For all of those of you who actually don't like Scott, this might be your favorite pod ever. I was going to say that one of the <laughs> worst things you can do, I think, in podcast right. rules is to, is to eliminate your smartest person. That's true. It's never good. No, uh, and, and, and also to and also by way of doing that, potentially eliminate a third of your listeners. Yes, so also not good. It's so true. So for all those who love Scott, yeah, you might as well just shut it off right now. Yeah. Unfortunately, this will be a Scott-free episode. Well, what are we doing on this episode? So listen, anyway? this is what we're going to do. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. We don't have Scott to direct us through this, so I'm going to bumble and fumble my way through it. We're gonna we're gonna quickly cover this international break week. Mm-hmm. pod now granted we've already kind of done the pods like we normally do they've already been released but we felt like we wanted to just hey take a little extra time here sneak a little extra pod in and discuss some things that we normally can't get to during a normal week all right yeah. so there's three things we're, we're going to cover this pod we're going to okay. cover wild card discussion okay two wild card not two wild card right we're going to cover those two sides of things. We're going to cover differentials because this is what I think going forward is really going to make a massive difference, yep. and that is differentials in your lineups. So after, let's say, multiple guys in your mini league use their wild card this weekend, I am using mine. We'll get to that in a minute. Brian's not using his. Right. I recently saw Scott is actually going to be using his. We did not know that until very recently, actually, today. We're recording on Tuesday evening of September the 11th. So what we will notice going forward is many teams now will have the same players. Yep. Because everyone wants a piece of the pie, top of the guys, 
who are scoring the most points. Right. So what will be super important is the differentials. What we mean by that is guys who not many people have but are producing, whether you realize it or not. And some of them are risky, right? Yeah, there's absolute risk in it, and it's something that we've talked about before, and it's something that I've even seen recently that, that as even as a viable strategy, that at the beginning of the season, there's a reason that you want to have right now Marcus Alonso and Benjamin Mendy and Sadio Mane and you know, and that list of players who have dominated the very top of fantasy Premier League scoring. Like you wanna in a way, you wanna follow the the winning template right. to a degree because it, there's those players that it seems like you have to have. Right. You have to have some guys, but you can't because of the budget structure. Right. You and, can't have and, all the guys you and want. like we I would also agree, you don't want everybody to have the same team. Right. That would be that would be no would fun. Be? There would be no fun in that. And so that's part of the other thing too is being able to make your own selections and the fact that there are available people that not everyone is going to choose. And so yeah, and so I think it's it's for me, I'm more interested in I I am more interested in how how much of a maverick are you really? Right. Because I respect that more than somebody who's just following the, oh, I'm going to pick the top five players sure. from every single yeah. position. That's me. Yeah. Right. All right. And then finally, we're going to finish up with an injury roundup. Yep. Because unfortunately, there's a lot of guys who've gotten nicked up. There were some major, but some knocks, right? Yeah. That might interfere at least with this upcoming game week those yellow triangles uh probably popping up a little bit more often than people were wanting to see them that's right we should at least name the names well all right so brian let's uh let's get on to the rest of the pod yeah on to the podcast sure yeah sounds great all right let's dive into wild cards right so you are what you are using your wild card this is the time that Fantasy Premier League themselves and so many other places are going to tell you, try to do what you can to make it to the first international break. Right. You get four weeks of observation. You get four weeks of scores. You get four weeks of lineups. You get to see what teams are actually doing and producing on the pitch. So if you can make it that long, you have a better chance of, of making a better informed decision, I think, about your team going forward. Yep, I, I do. So it, what one thing that's always so much fun is I love seeing everyone's mini league lineup the mm-hmm. very first week because it's so different. Everyone yeah. has gone in so many different directions, which is a lot of fun. And then as in the weeks kind of move on, guys start kind of trimming it up, things start looking a little bit more similar. I expect after the wild card, and some guys in our mini league have already used their wild card. Yep. And I'm like, sure that's true for in week lots three. of folks. Yeah. In week three. So anyways, I, I thought about it, but I kind of held on. I had two transfers that I used initially. And I'm, I'm going to quickly kind of go through my team real quick and just show you how I, I feel like I improved my team. My defense was lined up Juan Basaka, which I feel like everyone should own. If you're mm-hmm. going to have a cheaper defender... If you're going to, everyone looking for a 4 or a 4 1 defender, and I had him in the lineup to begin with, right? Because it's someone that allows me to spend money in other places, make the top end of my defenders very heavy loaded, and and someone who still plays. You and I have discussed this. Did multiple. you get his points week one? Yeah. Great. Good for you. So, Wambasaka, Schlup, 
who I liked early on, mainly because he was playing out of position, mm-hmm. right? He was playing forward in, or he was playing in the midfield. Trent Alexander Arnold, okay, Robertson and Alonso. That 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 was my defense. I did not start the year with Alonso, but I brought him in. Right? Didn't take a minus to bring him in, but I brought him in. Anyways, what so what I did was in my transfers, I ended up exchanging Schlupp for Holobos, okay, and Trent Alexander Arnold for Trippier. So it's a big jump. That's a or a good jump, I think. From right. I from feel like I feel like I improved Holobos. my defense. Yeah, and it's a big jump from from Alexander Arnold to Trippier. Right, and so so here's the thing. A lot of people, I I did want to not overreact with with Holobos, mm-hmm. but I did want to think because of his, it was it was. His other things that he was doing, he was scoring fantasy points, whether it be bonus points, whether it be on set pieces, he's delivering the set pieces. He was producing diff- points without getting shutouts. Yeah. And that was impressive to me. Uh, a stat that comes up a lot in the differential article that we will post at some point this week, something that I, something that came up a ton with the players that I looked at that we can talk about later was just the simple fact of putting in crosses. And on that list, I mean, you see the top four right now in in crosses are all defenders. It's Trippier, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Benjamin Mendy, and Jose Holobos wow. are the top four. Yeah. So, you know, yep. it doesn't, you know, you see it the whole way down, even in the top 10. It doesn't necessarily correlate to fantasy points. But I would say that bodes better for the players who haven't scored those points yet because they are the ones who are providing the opportunities. So yeah. So yeah, Trent Alexander Arnold's on that list. So is, you know, so is Ben Showell, who we talk about later. But that's another. That's one of those right. guys that hasn't exactly scored yet. But I can't imagine the points can't be far yep. behind. All right. Well, moving on to midfield, uh, I had Theo Walcott, who I brought in after Richarlison got hurt. Uh, Pedro, Erickson, Mane. And then Maitland Niles. Maitland Niles had been on my team from the beginning of the year. Right. I just couldn't get him transferred out. He had been hurt. He got hurt the first game. He was uh, a cheap midfielder that was a that was playing. He was okay. a four point five guy early on who was playing. So anyway, so that now looks. I've transferred Walcott out. I've turned him into Hazard. I feel like okay. that's a the big jump. That's yep. a good upgrade. Yep. Uh, I've went from Erickson to Lucas Mora. Okay. Which Saves you a couple bucks. On the, it does. On the, on the score sheet, Mora's been producing, and I was able to transfer him in before his price went up. So I feel okay. like I kind of stole a little bit of money there. And then I just changed out Maitland-Niles for Guendozi. Right. So uh, mainly a, to spite Scott. even change. Sure. <laughs> right. and, and also I, I, a nice way of throwing it in Scott's face. That, that's exactly right. I don't expect much production there, but right. if, someone gets, if he gets subbed in, it's one or two points. That's okay. Anyways, but I felt like I upgraded my midfield. Yeah, I think so. So then I move move on moving on to, to strikers. And this is where you could look at it and go, I don't know if you upgraded. We'll find out. I had Sergio Aguero, Pierre Emmerich Aubameyang, and Kamara. Kamara okay. mainly again, in each position I kind of have a, a budget guy and or someone who is his about as cheap as you can get at the position. Yep. So what I did was I I changed out Kamara at a at a four point five, Kamara's a four point five, and I and I added a Huddersfield striker, Quainer. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. It's, I'm pretty sure it's spelled Q. Colin, what? Colin Quainer. Colin Quainer. So I am saying it right. 
Colin Quaid. That's Quainer. how I'm going to say it, and maybe maybe someday, if he's ever fantasy sure. relevant in any way, we can do a full blown understanding of his name. So I noticed this. This is so insignificant to my overall fantasy lineup, but I, I just want to tell you, sometimes you win your your leagues by the details. Quainer had he was a striker had dropped to a he was four point five. He had dropped to a 4.4. My concern was I had Alvin Kamara, who started the year at 4.5, and he had not dropped any yet, but he did have some transfers out, and he wasn't owned as much as you would think. My concern was him dropping a 4.5. Yeah. And and all of a sudden, I just lost a tenth on my value because he's never going to get that tenth back. And so that was a big concern of mine. Quainer is not going to go to a 4.3. Like somehow he lost a tenth of an ownership or a tenth of a pound via ownership loss, and he's not going to go to a four point three. So that's I, w- I felt like I kind of gained something there. And anyway, so then I kept Aguero, although his playing time does make me a little nervous. And then I changed out Abamyang to Vardy. Okay. I obviously, if anyone has not listened to this podcast before and this is your first time, I am absolutely an Arsenal fan. Yeah. Uh, I am a gunner. I love uh, I love that club with all my heart, he, soul, and mind. You're, you're wearing a foam cannon on your head right now. I wish I was. I'm not, but I wish I was. The thought is this. I love Arsenal's schedule. It wasn't because I didn't like Aubameyang. In fact, I actually had Lacazette in. My, my real decision was, was Lacazette and or Vardy. But it was Lacazette, and I can't remember the defender, and then Vardy and Trippier, and I liked having Trippier there okay, yeah. better. And so... Vardy's coming off a red, a three-game red card, and Leicester City has been playing really yeah, well. And we'll talk about Vardy in, in a little so bit. So anyways, yeah. Vardy's at 8.9. My thought process was he won't be any lower. I think he's only going up from here. Yeah. Give me some Jamie Vardy, who always seen, it seems to end up the year in a top four or five in forward scoring. So, that is very true. So that's that's that was kind of my move. Yeah, and I think, that's, I think you did exactly what I would say the advice typically is, and it's the reason why I, I, even if you have wild card, used your wild card and you regret it, even if you used your wild card week one, right, and you made wholesale changes to your team, the advice, as much as as much as you can find people who will say, hold off, wait as long as you can, at least give yourself a few weeks. Four weeks is is kind of. A great amount of time, and if you can make it beyond that, good for you. I agree. If you, if you can wait longer than that, great. But I think ex- it's exactly that. When you get to your team and you look and say, "Do I have more holes to fill than is reasonable for me to go into this next match week?" Then, yeah, I think that it doesn't really matter if it's week two or if it's week twenty-two. Right. At the beginning of the season, at least. Is that one? Is that one? Is what's what's yeah halfway? twenty? Yeah, so twenty two would be in the second, 19, the second yeah, half yeah, of so the season. Yeah, so I mean, if you like whatever it is in the first half, where you know, no matter how long you have to wait to make your to make your wild card team, I think it really does. Like that's the thing. So to then speak to what what happened to me because I started really well, right? And right. Even, so, so I'll rehash real quick. Brian currently is in the top of our mini league and no, second, I'm not. Place, second I'm place. Second place. Yeah. But you lost it barely this past match week. You did, you had a sort of a down week, yeah. right? I had I had two great weeks to start the season and then two down weeks uh, in the last two weeks. So I am now in second in our mini league. And you've chosen. We already talked about this. You've chosen not 
to use your wild card. Yes, and I am deciding not to as much as I want to and as much as I can look at my team and say I'm unsatisfied with no fewer than four people okay. on my team as it exists right now. I am still saying the roster that I can throw out it's, for game week five is pretty good. Is still what I think is still a, a good lineup. Yeah, uh, we can talk about it also in the injury roundup. The news about Wilfred Zaha is positive, and to me, because there I have no major injury concerns, and I can field a full roster that probably will still include Zaha. I feel pretty good about going into this week with the team that I have. Yeah. So, uh, so the team as it exists now is uh, I'll go. You know, starting at the back. Starting at the back is Pickford and Rui Patricio. By the way, I never mentioned, I never changed my goalkeepers. I'm going to continue to ride with Ederson and my backup as Norwich. So So I kept Pickford, which I don't like, and Patricio, who has been very good. Yeah, he has been. But not the best until last week, not the best uh, fantasy scores. Right. Uh, Defensively, Juan Bissaka and Schlupp remain. Okay. Mendy, Robertson, Alonzo, and that was my one move this week. It was as much as Mendy, I, right? What? You brought in Mendy? No, I brought in Alonzo. Alonzo, okay. So uh, I had Mendy from week two. Did, I had Robertson to start the season, Juan Basaka and Schlupp to start the season. And so I've, I've adjusted that, that other midfield spot that's, but that's multiple an times. Defense. So that other spot has been a variety of people. Got you. Uh, at, at most recently, Nacho Monreal. Okay. I plug Nacho on uh, on a differentials article on our website. I plug not plug Nacho on this uh, on this very podcast. Right. I hadn't brought him in to benefit from that. It was just my public declaration of love for the guy. Got you. Benefited from none of the points, but did bring him onto my team, <laughs> and then he proceeded to get a zero. <laughs> exactly against sure. Cardiff. Sure. And which is fa- which is the worst. Fantastic. So again, to go back to what we said earlier. I just because I had the money, yeah, I could go directly from Nacho to Marcus Alonso, and while I have the money yeah. to do it, do it. I feel like it was a no-brainer. Yeah, uh, midfield. Midfield is tough because I still have. I feel like dead weight with. I have Hudson Odoi. Salah, you still have Salah dead weight. <laughs> yeah, I still have Salah. <laughs> Hudson Odoi is my dead weight right. in midfield. He's your mate. He's my mate in Lynn Niles. He right. was that trendy pick at the beginning of the season, the four and a half dollar guy who potentially had a you know had a really good summer, and some people were hopeful he could get some minutes, but has proceeded to get no minutes. And I've doubled up on dead weight for Chelsea because I have N'Golo Conte. I do not see N'Golo Conte as somebody who, if I was wild carding, N'Golo Conte would not. He would not remain on my team. Uh, he would not be my. You don't my, think so? No, I do not. Okay. I just feel like there are better players at, at his price, at around his price, like or, sli- or slightly more. Like a Will Hughes, maybe. Well, I was just thinking even of like so. Ryan Fraser is a great example. Yeah, but he's he's a little bit more expensive. He's five six, but but what I'm saying is, I I think moving around other pieces. Okay. I would rather upgrade to a guy that's a little bit better okay. than him. So, yeah, Hudson Odoi, Conte, Bernardo Silva, who I've kept this entire time. And you're nervous about probably a little. Of course bit. I'm nervous about sure. it. Sadio Mane and Salah. And I've okay. had I've had all but Conte from the beginning of the season. Got you. So, yeah, I am still, you know, so and strikers. And then strikers Danny Ings, Sergio Aguero, Wilfred Zaha. Okay. And so my third striker is rotated. I've, you know, I had uh, I had Josh King, 
uh, I went Josh King to Danny Ings after week two. Gotcha. And and I like the Ings move. Yeah, and so that's been overall that's been that's been fine. I think a wash overall okay. in points. Either way, the top of our league I think is a is a good example of uh, the guy who's currently in first, Drew, does not have Salah, and is very happy to see anyone in the league who does have Salah. I do. And I still feel like the Premier League, fantasy Premier League themselves, you know, put out there, you know, the over the international break, you should go check it out. If you're, you know, go, go peruse the website a little bit. Uh, <laughs> go check out the articles and they're, they're dig into the, uh, the ICT in the ICT index, the, the influence, uh, creativity and threat index. That is exactly right. And so, uh, I, I see like they do. I think that, um, Yes, Salah's expensive, but at the same time, Salah's underlying stats are absurd. Right. And so, yeah, I just think, you know, holding him, to me, it's still, you know, obviously I feel like the same way Scott kind of brought it up last week. I see it as if I need to, I know that is a fortune to cash in on. Right. And because you haven't used your wild card yet. Right. All... All that money will be made available if you decide to get rid of him. Yes. And so, very simply, more simply than what we just went through, my thought process for this entire thing was, can I be satisfied with this team next week? And as I look at my starting lineup for next week... You're satisfied. I can't say anything but, yeah, okay, that'll do. All right, let's move on to the differentials. Okay. And let's try to move through this pretty quickly, but I think this is very important, okay? And especially as the year goes on, it's, in my opinion, it's absolutely going to get more important. Yes. So, Brian, tell me about a strategy that some people have gone with, especially that they might want to use in a wild card situation with a, with a handcuffed goalkeeper. Well, what I would say is first, even if you go to the Fantasy Premier League, even if you go to the transfer page right now and look at goalkeepers, sort the names by total, by teams selected by, by the percentage of teams selected by. You might notice a couple names in the top 10 that I would just say are totally expected, but useless. Okay. There was one guy on the list who is not useless, and that is Ben Hamer from Huddersfield, who was starting at the beginning of the season. He started, I think, two games. He started in place of Jonas Lursel. Lursel. Who was excellent last season. Yeah. Uh, but also on the list are uh, Arthur Bo- Boric from Bournemouth. Not entirely surprising, because we know for sure he's a definite backup. Right. But the most owned of anyone on the list, the most owned $4 goalkeeper, is Julian Speroni from Crystal Palace, who does not... Have a spot. He right. doesn't. Because Guaida. Guaida, that's right. Is the presumed backup heir behind apparent to the to the keeper shirt for they Crystal spent Palace. free agency. They spent transfer market money yes. in bringing in Guaida. Yes. So in fact, a fairly significant amount, if I remember. You understand exactly why, looking at this, why four dollar goalkeepers are even in the top ten. Right. It's money. It is. If you're going to go with this strategy and you have and you still have your wild card available, why not take it, it and and then on top of that, you know that clean sheets, predicting clean sheets this season have been very been, difficult. Yeah. We talked about it last week. So far through four weeks, there are nine fewer 
clean sheets than there were at this same point last season. Wow. So that's not to say that can't turn around at any given at any point. That can't, you know, some of the teams that were really great about it last season, like Manchester United, for example, you know, some of the other teams who kind of were a guarantee every week, sure, they could turn it around and they could start picking them up more frequently. I get that. You could just take the guesswork out of it completely. Just own the goalkeeper and their backup that you know that it's going to be. And just, why why not do it for Huddersfield? Just own a low soul and a hammer. You you want to save yourself? You want to put it in as cheap as it can possibly be? Lursel and, and Hamer, you know for sure one of the two of them is going to start. And every other week, they're almost they're probably close to at home. Huntersfield yep. at home, unless they're playing a top six team, and that's still not a guarantee, is a decent bet to hold it hold to hold a clean sheet at home. Yeah, they've done it this season already. I think any mid to lower table team. You just know how unpredictable the clean sheets are because you just there's just no way of knowing what a a match between you know a, a match where points are so precious. What that's going to do is that going to tighten it up? Is is one goal going to sway everything? And Huddersfield has shown like last season that they were really capable when it came down to it of tightening up when they needed to. Look, and two of their first four games were against Chelsea and Manchester City. Right. So look. That means, I guarantee you, that means that some, they got some upcoming games. They got a game against Spurs and against Liverpool, both at home. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, look, let's just call a spade a spade. The chances are they probably won't hold clean sheets on those two games. Yeah. But just ride it out with the goalkeeper. Spend that money if they, you want to somewhere else. I, you know, I, I would say, I mean, just take the broad view of the of Huddersfield's schedule. Their matchups are mostly favorable, really, overall. Until the beginning of December, they have a you know they do have some tough matches just like everybody else does. But yeah, I mean when you know that you can just kind of take what you get, save points still matter. And Huddersfield is you know their goalkeepers are just as capable as, of making saves as anyone else is. Look, Lursel didn't even he didn't even play. He's played one and one and three quarters matches so far this season, and he's, in the in that time he scored enough fantasy points to be tied with David de Gea and Hugo Lloris. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Not also also not terrible to be reminded that Lursel was the ninth best keeper in fantasy scoring last season. I mean, you saw it already. So it's not like it's not like this is like going out on a limb and you're taking a huge risk. I don't think it's any riskier. Than having the ton of people that have Lucas Fabianski, are you serious? After the amount of the amount of stuff that the, the how busy the West Ham defense is, yeah. And but, I know, like I said, you're going to get saves, and you can, and anyone can save a penalty anytime. Real quick, I'll say this, and, and let's move on to the next thing. Ederson has 17 points. I currently own Ederson, yeah. and I'm paying 5.5 for him. Yeah, a whole dollar cheaper. Uh, if you combine the starting. Huddersfield keeper score yep. would be 19. Yeah. And that's more than Ederson through four games. Yeah. So you, uh, I would say, too, you could do the exact same thing with Begovic and Boric from, from Bournemouth. I'm just deciding to choose Huddersfield, and there's nothing you can do to stop me. Fair enough. Brian, Leicester City, they seem to have a lot of guys that no one owns and that are on the cusps of really kind of making some fantasy noise. Tell me about them. Leicester City has options at every level, and and I think anyone who can click right can see this. Sure. Let's, uh, let's start at the top. So right away, we already talked about Jamie Vardy. I don't know how to. I don't know how else we can say this. Jamie Vardy 
not only lost a tenth, putting him at less than he was to start the season. So he's so 8.9 8. 8. pounds. And he's owned 3.2%. That is absurd. That is absurd. So uh, so the next five opponents, this is the this is the best part for me about Vardy. Yeah. Their next five, Bournemouth, Huddersfield, Newcastle, Everton, Arsenal. Only Bournemouth, Jamie Vardy, did not have a party against last season. He partied against all of them. The other four, <laughs> seven parties. <laughs> okay. So uh, including three, because he had a brace once against Arsenal, and he scored he again against Arsenal sure. in the second match. Yeah. So he had three goals total against Arsenal, yeah. and he scored four four goals oh, once each against he'll everybody have, else. He'll have five goals when he plays them this year. Yeah. I cannot, like we said, it seems impossible that his value or ownership is going to stay there. Midfield. Look, Everyone, we talked about James Madison before. We can't. Scott was, you know, had mentioned Damari Gray even in the preseason. And for a guy, James Madison, still six and a half, only three point three percent owned. Damari Gray, five and a half, only two percent owned. Just on price, I'm surprised that Damari Gray is not owned a little bit more. You know, at five and a half, at five and a half. Well, but there's a lot of guys around there. Right, and they've been producing, and people jumped on Ruben Neves, for example, from from Wolves, and some of the cheaper guys. So uh, I think Ngolo Conte scoring in week one. James, James Milner, right? So Siri, 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 Siri yeah. Neves, Jorginho, Shorla, right? All those around those. Right, those. everybody else is in that same area, and I and I can't fault you for choosing anyone else because of the production. But and we, Pereira, Pereira, I, yeah, he's a little, he's over six, he's but six still. three. But Madison is 6'5". Right. And so James Madison has had some production already this season. He's already scored, and, and he's been involved. He got that he got that weak touch that right. got the assist. Sure. <laughs> the weak touch that got the assist on to, the goal to against... Gazal. Yeah, to, uh, to score Gazal. against Liverpool. Um, but just think of this. Damari Gray leads Leicester City in successful dribbles. Ten successful dribbles, which is also the third best total in the Premier League okay. right now. Pretty good. Gray and Madison both lead Leicester with eight shots apiece, so they're getting shots. It's the tenth highest total of shots of right. any team in the Premier League is right. eight. So, they, so that right now they're getting their shots. Uh, James Madison has supplied five key passes so far this season, which is the eighth best total in the Premier League. Madison is also the corner preferred corner taker and free kick taker. So James Madison has taken nine corner kicks. The he, next most of anyone on the team is two. Brian, I'm not sure when it happened. Madison has moved up to a 6.6. Has he gone up from 3.3% ownership? Madison's ownership is 3.3% at a 6.6 pound rate. Man, he went up. That he, stinks. He he literally must. He might have gone up while we're talking. Hey, listen. Look, I, I, and maybe I'm talking myself into Madison over Damari Gray here, but we saw what happened when Vardy was out. Damari Gray, they didn't feel uncomfortable. Puel didn't feel uncomfortable putting Damari Gray as, as a starting striker yeah. against Liverpool. Great, yeah. I can't also imagine that Vardy being back doesn't help all of these it people. It will. And that's what exactly my point and what I was thinking was mm -hmm. Vardy being back will only help give Madison more chances and then free up Gray. Yeah. I think Madison is the safer pick. Yeah. More but, consistent. But the fact, well, just that, just because of the way, just because of his involvement. Like, I think because he's still getting forward, 
He's still getting, you know, he's still playing in advanced positions. He's still getting shots. Right. Uh, and then he's also supplying so many of the passing statistics. He's taking the corners and free gotcha. kicks. That's important. And but just, I just think, too, Damari Gray is still, I think, one of the best options at his price. 5.5. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. I'll, I'll mention this. And again, so Pedro is now at a 6.8. Madison is at a 6.6. They're very similar in price range. But, again, the whole reason why we're mentioning Madison is because differentials, right? No one owns him. There might be six guys in your mini league that own Pedro. Why? Because he's been producing. Madison has produced a little bit, but now with Vardy back and a very favorable Leicester schedule, Madison could be ready to break out. Just like we said two weeks ago, you know, two weeks ago we talked about Ricardo Pereira and right. the differentials article. I'm sure lots of people at that point were already starting to get on him because he had had two consecutive uh, returns, attacking returns. Surprisingly, his ownership's only 5.2%. Right, so he doesn't qualify here, but same with Harry Maguire. I'm, I can't fault you for choosing any Leicester City defensive option of significance. So you, know, you want to own Wes Morgan? I can't even really blame you for that, honestly. Like a lot of people are doing, I know for sure Fantasy Football Scout is one of them who's talked about Ben Shilwell as as kind of the preferred option. Yeah. And I and we we said it even 2 weeks ago, his ownership, I I'm shocked. It ha- the it hasn't changed at all. Yeah. It's still 0.7%. Right. There are people who are absolute trash that are not even touching the pitch. Yeah. Have no chance of getting there. Right. Who are owned more than 0.7%. Yeah. So, look, Dave, I'm not saying that people are stupid. I, I cannot base the intelligence of a fantasy Premier League owner or base <laughs> intelligence on ownership percentages for fantasy Premier League rosters. We However, could. when I see that Danny Rose is owned at all, 0.9% and costs 5.9 pounds. What are you doing? Aaron Cresswell, who I love. You love him. Is 5.3. Yeah. And this is exactly what I said even in the preseason. Right. I don't want Aaron Cresswell. He started at five and a half. I why in the world would you want Aaron Cresswell with the brutal schedule that West Ham United had to start the season? Yeah. And then on top of that, the cherry on top of the Cresswell cake is that he didn't even make the roster anyway. <laughs> I'm just saying, for somebody who is so here, here's your. I've always wanted a Cresswell cake. I know it would be nice. It'd be great. Look, here's here's what your stats say. Yeah. Right now, he has supplied twenty three crosses. Is this a stat stack? Oh, this is a stack, all right. Oh man, twenty three crosses tied for tied with Willian. That's the sixth best total in the Premier League. Twenty three really? crosses. Chilwell tied with Willian. Yeah. Twenty three crosses, sixth best total in the Premier League. He has nine successful dribbles, which is the same number as Roberto Firmino. <laughs> ben Shilwell has the fourth best total of successful dribbles in the league. I wasn't surprised at the fact that Chilwell had nine dribbles. Why, that's slightly surprising. Yeah. What's more surprising is that Bobby Choppers only has nine has nine nine no, is, yeah. that he has nine oh yes that's very also true yeah. he hasn't exactly had the best start to the season yeah. I, i'm i'm looking at that not as oh ben Chilwell is just an attacking fiend right i'm just saying that this is obviously a guy who his attacking importance to leicester city 
is undeniable. Right. He obviously is has the freedom to be able to take on defenders. Yeah. In attacking positions, that, and now that's Vardy's outstanding. and now Vardy will be yes. there to get latch on to those crosses. Right. The touch map, like we said it last week too. His touch map against Liverpool was nearly exactly the same as Mark Albrighton, who was technically playing in front of him. Right. So that to me, if so, the the benefit of Pereira at the beginning of the season was that he was out of position, that he was playing as a midfielder. That entirely could that could keep happening. They could they can rotate him up there. That was the whole point, even in the summer when we talked about him. He's capable of playing multiple positions. That was one of the reasons why he was somebody that I thought like his main competition was Danny Simpson. Right. So there was no chance that he was going to lose that that he was going to lose that battle. So, but no, Ben Showell just based on ownership and based on what he's actually bringing to the attacking table here. Yeah. Really, really great. Love it, Brian. Is there anyone else who we have not mentioned before that you think is going to be relevant with for differentials? Dave, surprisingly, yes. Come on. There is somebody different that we haven't talked about, really. We've mentioned his name just because we've had to. Right. Of the names, when you look at stat lists, of especially attacking stats and things, some of these other things that we've already talked about, few of the names stick out, at least on the early season so far, like Joao Moutinho. Joao? Joao Moutinho. Yeah. From Wolverhampton Wanderers. The Portuguese Wonderstar. Yeah. And it's not just because of the tilde. On his name. Yeah, okay. That's that little squiggle over the A sure. on Joel. No one has taken more corners this season. Than that guy. Than Joel Matinho. Really? He's taken 20. That so seems like a, I think generally... Some, someone's going to score on one of you those. You want that. <laughs> right. He assisted the Willy Bowley goal of course against Manchester City. Sure. So a dubious goal, no doubt. Oh, but dubious. A goal, but a goal that counts. He's one of a whole bunch of players. So the rest of his stats are outstanding. Only four players have attempted more than his 24 crosses. And that includes some of those names we mentioned, the Trippier, Holobos, Mendy. Those guys, okay. those are the, some of the few players who have attempted more crosses than him. Yeah. A whole bunch of players have created two big chances, but that's still the third highest. That's still the third most that any player has, has supplied so far is two, is two big chances. Uh, seven key passes, which is the sixth best total so far. Even on his own team, he and Ruben Neves are just controlling everything in midfield. It's 306 touches for Matinho. Ruben Neves, 338. But just over 40% of Matinho's 233 total passes were completed in the final third. So Hold for, on, 40%, 40% of his passes were completed in the final third? Yep. Over 90 of his passes are, are attacking wow. are attacking half or final third, especially, though. Wow. In this case, the final third. Nine, nine, over 90 of his passes, which is 40%. What's, what's his price? I don't think we've mentioned that. Now, he is 5.4. Okay. He's dropped a tenth since the start of the season. So do you think this is a buy low? And he's owned 1.6%. Do you think this is a buy low? I'm I'm saying like you can do it you can do it a bunch of different ways here. Anybody can look at you can say guy passes the eye test. Eden Hazard passes eye test. Sure. He's been passing the eye test since the World Cup started this summer just as a like as far as this season is concerned. Sure. I, I, like a, a bunch of other people would have said I want that guy yeah. based on this. Right. As long as he stays at Chelsea. Sure enough he's been great. You can just look at a guy's performance and say, oh, man, that guy's amazing. 
you could have done that this with Wolves against West Ham with Adama Traore. You could have said, who is that guy? Right. You know I what I mean? Yeah. Or you can look at it as plain and simple points. Who's scoring? That guy's not scoring. He has no points. So why do I want him? The only other thing you can do is just take a look at these the kinds of stats. That's the only. I mean, that's the only other way to to do this. And based on this, there is hardly anybody so far in the Premier League season who can match this kind of comprehensive amount of stats that isn't already probably on your roster or isn't already somebody that's high, highly desirable. Yeah. So this is the kind of stuff that I feel like you know as a differential. It's not wild to go after a guy like this. Brian, uh, Joao Martino on whoscored.com, one of the best sites out there for stat accumulation and and how they give you stats. They are fantastic. Joao Martino, they have him rated as the second highest, barely behind Willie Boley, as an overall rating Per his actions on his team. Yeah. So that that just kind of tells you, look, I could dive in. I don't even know all the stats that they use, but they use their rating system. Yeah. They use a billion different stats, and that's not even possible, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And look, decent fixtures for Wolves and five of the next six. I mean, this is the these are the kind of guys that that stand to gain a lot. I mean, Neves is already up two tenths, and you see what happened. He he gets a twelve week one and then cools way off, three straight blanks. For Neves, and now I think everyone who jumped on him as fast as possible might be rethinking that a little bit. And and who can you move to? You can go a little cheaper. You can go a little more expensive. I don't think it's a terrible idea to go to somebody on his very same team. No, I agree. Neves's ownership is twenty four point eight percent. His cost is a price is a five point two. Moutinho is a five point four. Ownership 1.6. Yeah. Okay. And his transfers, ins and outs, are about even right now. No one's really, really going after him. Yeah. Neves has a lot more movement. In fact, actually, a lot of people are actually going to Neves. 84,000 transfers ins, but 55,000 transfer outs. So that's very interesting to look at. Brian, yeah. is there anyone else that we have mentioned before no, in there, the differentials uh, column that are worth talking about? Yeah, I mean, there are guys that we've talked about who would definitely qualify. Like, I'm still, I still would say Andre Sherla, while he's less than 5%. Again, and he dropped a tenth, and now he's producing. Yeah, I, yeah, I am not scared. I'm not scared of having him on my roster. I would be a little nervous of playing him next week. You know, this coming week against Manchester City, Mitrovic would not scare me well, in that and, matchup. And, and I'll say this for anyone who, looking at Sherla and or looking at guys in the range that he is, he had dropped in ownership and his price suffered for that. So he had dropped from a 6.0 to a 5.9 million pounds. His transfer in this match week, 68,000. His transfers out. 19,000. Mm-hmm. His ownership is only a 4.8. Yeah. That transfer in is probably enough to move it back up. So sure yeah. was one of those guys which I took advantage of with my wild card when I, with Mora, Hazard, Holobos. I took advantage with three players where I knew yeah. they were going up the next yeah. day. You, you can kind of catch that. Andre Sherla yeah. guaranteed within if I will be very shocked if by come this Saturday morning, he's mm. not sitting on a 6-0. If Sherla 
does anything against Manchester City, then that ownership will, it's gonna go up will again. skyrocket. Absolutely. Because that is the tough matchup for Fulham in the near future. And you know, just for even looking looking ahead. I mean, it's Manchester City. And then it's just kind of a, a then it's just kind of an up and down matches. There are some that are okay, there's some that are not so great. Yeah. But I mean, I think they've already shown like they played Tottenham even in a three one loss. They still played Tottenham really tough. They obliterated Burnley. And then, you know, I think they just played more of what, you know, the the kind of game I, I don't think you would really not expect to see this more often like they played against Brighton. Right. 2-2 two, two feels about right Yeah. for them in a lot of those matchups against against mid, mid and lower table teams. Yeah. Just because of who they've got, the personnel they've got. They've got players who are obviously capable of, of producing. And so... You're not scared. I'm not really in scared of them playing at home against Watford. Watford's playing great. Could they lose that match three two? Yeah, but you'll take the two. Yeah, I'm not telling you to go by Alfie Mawson. I'm telling you that you're you know you're looking at Mitrovic and Sherla, and then I think you know if you wanted to stay in that same range of you know of well even where Matinho is, uh, Jean Michael Sari, who we've Sarri. talked about actually does have the production the last two weeks and i'm sure plenty of people have moved to him but no i just think there i think there's a lot to like about you know a lot of these teams that are kind of a little bit off the radar compared to where you know kind of where the the money's going everywhere else i like it let's jump to the injury roundup we're going to finish up the pod with this brian can you give me about 10 names 10 influential important names that are going to be fantasy relevant that we need to absolutely keep our eye on, especially if we either wild carded them in. At one point through this international break match week, I had one of these players. I'd already transferred him out, but many people could end up having someone. Give me some names. Well, the one who's probably the iffiest that is the most recent uh, hot commodity yeah. is Theo Walcott. So Theo... Uh, the Metro, Metro, among other places, reporting that Theo is unlikely to be ready for the match against West Ham on Sunday. He has yet to fully train this week, and they're still referencing the rib injury yeah, that he sustained good. last match. Yeah. So he, there was a report earlier today that talked about he was still hoping to be able to make it. Yeah. But this, this, uh, I feel like most, the players always say that. Of course, yeah, everybody's right. Sure. I think they want to be ready. Of course, you want to be ready. No, <laughs> what, what guy's gonna say? Well, I really am hoping to get a, a break. <laughs> the dumb one, which it doesn't really affect much ownership. We looked at that. I think it's too, a little over two percent. Is Seamus? Yeah, Seamus Coleman. So, Cursey international break. Oh, I am with I am with brother Matt on this. If the international break is gonna hurt Seamus Coleman. Then then I. I say, curse ye international break. May the devil make a ladder of your spine. <laughs> That's so appropriate. Uh, oh, look. Anytime we can get a Seamus curse that doesn't sure curse Seamus. That's fantastic. No, curse ye international break. Curse uh, international Seamus break. Coleman reports that he had a scan on his foot revealing a slight stress fracture. Uh, Ireland boss Martin O'Neill saying he hopes to have Seamus available for Nations League matches next month against Denmark and Wales. But uh, and I think there's some hope that he could still, with stress fracture, you know, 
you don't want that to you don't want to aggravate that, but you can play on it. I mean, you he yeah. could could, but I just can't imagine that you. I don't know. I don't know how safe Everton wants to be here. Uh, Liverpool echo already saying and reminding us what what we already knew from last season that John Joe Kenny uh, filled in admirably already for him in at the, one point. In the, even in the Carabao Cup, got you. Uh, in the cup match they had a few weeks ago, but John Joe Kenny did start a ton in his place last season. Which and that'd be fun. interesting because I think he's at a four point. F- yeah, four, four five. No, he's five. Did he drop? You're not buying John Joe Kenny, right? Probably not. But if you're looking for a cheap defender, maybe. No. Well, no. If you found it, yeah. I mean, if they said Sheamus was, yeah, no, no, yeah. <laughs> if Sheamus, if they said that Sheamus was out, right. You knew that they were going to let him rest his foot until they that they wanted to see a full which might full happen. Healing. That might happen. Do you do you want Seamus hurt if you're Everton? No, I I would be concerned with curses. So, yeah, I mean, you could see John Joe Kenny fill in for a longer term, but that's all TBD. Okay, Crystal Palace. I think lots of people. The the big one, uh, the biggest one was Wilfred Zaha. Um, which we talked about, but Evening Standard, the Evening Standard, among other places, is reporting that just like his brother said, oh, old Wilf, brother se- tweeter, Wilf seems to have recovered from his groin injury and looks to be able to to start against Huddersfield this weekend. Thank you, social media. Thank you, brother. For clearing tweeter. this up. Yeah. Um. In addition to that, and this, I'm only bringing this up because one, I like him, and two. Uh, it could impact what what happens with Wilfred Zaha and the other players that they have. Is okay. it Christian Benteke has a knee injury that Roberto Martinez has described as uh, so, it has some worries. Roberto Martinez, his Belgian coach. the Belgian manager, right. yes. Okay, and so uh, he's apparently had the knee injury since the summer. So this has kind of been lingering. Daily Mail reporting that there's no timetable for for his return and that the first thing they're going to try is rest to see if the if resting it helps I mean ta- Brian helps I could lower I, the the pain threshold I here. could I could prescribe that yes and I'm not a doctor you just get off of it yeah just 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 rest it rest it and elevate it get some ice on there yeah that's, that's easy um no that I think look I still think he's had such a raw deal uh, so far this well, season, and it, it's it it's not going to affect your fantasy roster. Who's got a raw deal? Benteke? Yes. How has he got a raw deal? He's just it's just more of the same. He's been under. He has underperformed. Of course, and Crystal Palace fans are right to be frustrated with his poor performance. If he's not going to score, at least last year he was giving me assists. Look, he's he's had big chances. All I was saying was that he's had big chances. And some of those chances, it was like he did everything right. right. It's not like he kicked it over the bar a mile and he, skied it out of the he stadium. He just got some crap luck. Yes, I think there's plenty of bad luck. It's like having a baseball so, player that constantly hits line drive straight to straight, straight to guys. a glove. Just hits it square. Right. You're hitting it 90 miles per hour off the end of the bat, but it's going straight at a guy. Got so it. it's just there's some there's some just well, bad this luck. This isn't about a baseball that podcast. I know. Hey, so so who would be his best? Like, if either one of those guys, and we need to get off Palace here, but for if, sure, if either well, one of those guys miss time, Jordan Ayu already platooned a little bit for Zaha. Yeah, and Ayu was already in. So Ayu did it last week. 
uh, Zaha could go, just go straight back up to the top again. Okay. It could be just him, him just alone him. with some support folks behind him. Sure. Uh, or if they wanted to do kind of with form, or at least over the summer, they could give some more minutes to Alexander Serlot. Who? Alexander Serlot. You They're, mean Sorloth? That's what it looks like. Uh, you know, is that how every all the English pronunciation, NBC pronunciation guide pronounces it? Is Andrew Sorloth? I don't know how they're going to do it, but I'm hoping we find out. Is I would this love a mini to, how would, to say right now? No, it's just a, it's just a, it's a very basic. This is how you say it. Sor, sor, Sorloth. Sorloth. Yeah. Not Sorloth. No, not Sorloth. But you don't say Sorloth. Sorloth. Guaranteed. Oh my gosh, guarantee that the English announcers don't get this right. He and Zaha had some good had some good matches together. Yeah, they had they played well together over the summer and uh they had, and Zaha talked about that that he liked okay. he liked playing with him. So, I don't know, we might see we might see some more minutes from him. Who knows, this could be Max Meyer's time. Everyone's kind of screaming for him to get more minutes and maybe we saw what happened with Max Meyer and Zaha already. Uh I'm kind of hoping that Schlupp gets uh gets some more time, but either way, the last guy was James Tompkins. I think that right. is, could be, it's not as important, obviously, as Zaha. But the it's only a, person that was owning deal. him was Scott, and Scott even Scott transferred him out. Well, no, I, James Tompkins was a was a <laughs> he was a trendy pick to start the I season. I know he was, and, you know, and I, I named him by name. I know myself. Well, we all liked. Listen, I I touted Hennessy. We all thought the Crystal Palace defense would be a little bit better than it was. Yeah. It hasn't been horrible. No, but Tompkins now dinged up. Well, so the Daily Star, if you take it for what you will, is saying that he could return uh, for the weekend. That okay. He's nearing a return. This weekend is is not out of the question. I would just think that was a little less likely than okay. than maybe some others. Then there's, I would just say, that list of, of international duty precautionary withdrawals. Like, uh, I felt something. Bernardo Silva was withdrawn with okay. uh, what initially was reported to be groin, like something in his groin, mm. and then sure enough, he started. Is he too close to Andy Carroll? Was Andy Carroll in the No, stands? I don't think Andy Carroll was near him. Okay. Uh, no, he ended up playing today, I think. Okay. So he was back starting again for Portugal, so that's not... It no, wasn't that serious. No, nothing obviously. that serious. Raheem Sterling, precautionary withdrawal, says the evening standard expects that Sterling would be in contention to face Fulham this weekend. Uh, I don't know you're trusting it anyway, but it was a back injury. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure. not that you don't trust it because of his injury. I just think... I, I don't trust who, it because I don't trust Pep right. in the midfield. Rotation. Right sure. Lucas Torreira, Dave, apparent calf injury against Mexico over oh the weekend. Oh, my gosh. Just when I think he might get a start. Sat out the second half, causing all gooners all over the world yes. more anxiety at the yes. prospect of a guarantee of more Xhaka. Uh. Uh, uh, but he returned to training this week, and he still is not going to start over Jaka. You know it. Why do you want to just send me into that place of depression? Sorry, uh, Delhi. Uh, Gareth Sky says that Gareth Southgate said that he had a minor strain, but he should be ready and fit to face Liverpool. Ah, he'll be fine. Of course, freaking Spurs Liverpool. Now Hugo Lloris, who already missed uh, the match against Watford, is still. I would say iffy. ESPN says that there's a chance he could be ready for the weekend, but no official timetable for his return. Fun. More uh, injury mind games. Question marks. We'll see, depending on how things go this week, is what uh, Lloris himself said. Yeah. Of so, course, the players are always optimistic. Uh, 
Ryan Frazier, who if who I mentioned before, you know, who I would love to add to my roster yeah. at some point, just because again, underlying stats for Ryan Frazier have been really excellent. But fantasy football scout made everybody a little nervous because he tweeted tweeted that he picked up a knock while he was training with Scotland yesterday, but still no official word uh, really anywhere. Uh, it seems like that could be another precautionary mm. precautionary one. Eyebrow but, raised there, yeah, but just because there's it's you know so silent. We'll see. Yeah. And then lastly, everyone, I think everyone kind of saw like Luke Shaw, his concussion, total f- freak accident. Yeah. And, and carted, not carted off, but stretchered off. And I feel horrible for him. Sky says he's defi- a definite to miss Watford, the Watford match as he serves his uh, mandatory seven day concussion protocol. Uh, yeah. That while he, while he recovers. Anyone who doesn't think that's good is stupid. I just he feel should, bad. He should sit like, out. You, should, it, it, I hope more people care about this, uh, and I really, really hope it's not uh, more opportunity for people to question his toughness. No, I agree. It, it, it. I really feel bad for him. I, I am not a United fan, but I, I feel bad for Luke Shaw. I feel like he's kind of been on the wrong end of some managerial shenanigans with Mourinho. Uh, he had his leg horribly broken a year ago plus. And then he's finally getting in and is beating out other yeah. capable defenders. He's been very good. And he's good. producing really well, playing well. And then to see this happen, it's just like, come on, man. This guy's got some real crap luck. Yep. Just don't like to see that stuff. Nope. Awesome. Brian, hey, is that it? Did, did we miss anything? I, I'm sure we did. I would say it's a near 100% guarantee that we missed something. Scott, did we miss anything? Scott will tell us next week what we missed. I at least would hope so, just for quality control. <laughs> Absolutely. We will need much quality control as I drift through this and try to turn out a production that is worth listening to. Hey, thanks for listening. We love doing this. And if you listen this long, you are true soldiers. I Listen, if you Where we don't get to, mind, Is it two hours? No, no, no. Okay, We're good. under that. Oh, Thank okay, good, good, good. But hey, give us a good rating. We are on all the social media sites at Fantasy Soccer FC. So just type that in. Whatever you are, you'll find us. And uh, give us a good rating on our pods on iTunes or SoundCloud. Man, we would love to have that. Hey, for the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.